So Hebrews 11 is where we're going to be. We're going to follow our theme for this morning, and which is faith and action. And if you're not real familiar with themes here for us, basically we use a theme on a Sunday uh, to teach in all of our Bible study, most of our Bible studies, and then we'll teach on that theme here. We sing around that theme, and then we've got devotions Monday through Friday built on that theme also. And then uh, we'll start a new theme on next Saturday, uh, usually. Uh, it looks like beginning next week, at least for me, probably for about 10 weeks, we'll be in a, a different set of ideas. And so uh, something to think about and be in prayer about there. All right, so here today we're going to talk about a faith to live by. So I hope you're turning there already. If you don't have a Bible, you can follow along as the text will be on the wall. Um, we read through here in just a minute, Hebrews 11. But I want you to think with me for a minute. And I want you to help me out. Like most of the time people have a motto or something that kind of governs how they live their life. You know, this little cliche. And I'll share some of these with you in a, in a minute. But does anybody have a motto or a cliche? Like something that kind of you use it often. It helps you maybe stay calm or helps you make a decision. Yeah. It is what it is. That's me to the core. Just trying to figure it out. Anybody else? Motto. One day at a time. I'm sure you've got some. You've probably used some in different experiences. Let me read some of these. And sometimes I'll pause and I want you to finish it if you, if you can. Or maybe you can name the person. Uh, and I'll try to cue you then. But there are several of these. I just I thought we could identify with most of these. One is from Aristotle. It says, happiness depends upon ourselves." That sounds like a motto. Attitude is everything. The great Buddha said it's better to travel well than to arrive. See if you can tell me who wrote this one. Above all, to thine own self be true. Above all, to thine own self be true. William Shakespeare. You got it from the impersonation, right? Yeah, I think you had it long before that. Be the best that you can be. Now, there's something like that in one of our military branches, the Army, right? It's close to that, be all that you can be. And so that's a motto, and all those branches have a motto that they, that they serve, believe, or that serve them. Believe in yourself. Um, Gandhi said, we must become the change that we want to see in the world. Choose with no regret. You know, here's these ones that are kind of Hollywoodish. Reach for the stars, right? Just reach for the stars, or follow your dreams, James Dean said, dreams as if you'll live forever, dream as if you'll live forever, or live as if you'll die today. How about this one? Life is what you make it. Unfortunately, I know that from Hannah Montana. <laughs> Some of you that doesn't mean anything to, but she's got this little song, life is what you make it, so let's make it rock, and unfortunately, that's how I remember that. Nothing ventured, nothing gained, actions speak louder than words. See if you can recognize this person. Do or do not, there is no try. Yoda, that's correct, out of the Star Wars movie. So he has uh, a way of speaking backwards. Do or not do, there is no try. Winners never quit, and quitters never win. Remember who said that? Great football coach. If you win the Super Bowl, you get the trophy. Vince Lombardi, all right? Practice makes perfect. 
Carpe diem, you know what that means? Seize the day, all right? Hard work pays off. You just got to roll with the punches or flow. Count your blessings. Live well, love much, love, laugh often. Live life to the fullest. Don't sweat the small stuff. Love conquers all. Laughter is the best medicine. No pain, no gain. And Patrick Henry was quoted as saying, give me liberty or give me death. All right, so these are just some mottos that people have chosen to live their life by. And so maybe that spurred some reminder mottos in your mind here. Uh, just something that kind of governs your day. So maybe you wake up and say, you know, this is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Or do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Whatever it is that kind of guides how you live, that's what we're talking about here this morning. And so really all of these fall short, uh, except for those, uh, specifically that last one. But as it relates to living by faith today, we're going to see that that's really what's necessary. That's the motto that we want to pursue. So I want to live by faith. We've sung that song this morning. We're going to see it in the text today. Hopefully when we walk out of here, we're encouraged or reminded to tackle this day and every day by faith. All right. So Hebrews 11 is where we're going to be if you'd like to follow along. And the author here is trying to give some clarity as to what it means to live our life by faith. And so he's going to start with what faith is. Uh, and you guys know this text. Uh, some of you do. If you've never heard it before, and this will be a first time for you. Uh, this, is, this is where we find what hope really looks like and how we live that out. So here we go. Verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And through it, he being dead, still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, and he was not found, because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony, that he pleased God. That's a pretty awesome testimony, isn't it? Just to have that said of you, he pleased God. She pleased God. Verse 6. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, and he prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. Have you ever done that? <laughs> Tried to take off somewhere. I don't know where I'm going or how to get there. Okay. Before there was global positioning system, GPS, there was a GPS. You had a God positioning system and God would guide you where to go. Abraham didn't have a clue. God did. That's all that mattered. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country. Dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, 
innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims living on the earth. And so today we're going to follow this through, uh, particularly the middle portion of this text, uh, as it relates to you and I trying to be people who live out faith. And so three things we'll note as it relates to a faith to live by. Number one is this, a faith to live by is a faith to, first of all, to believe in. A faith to live by is a faith to believe in. It's something to put your beliefs in. So everybody on the planet has some sort of belief system that governs their life. That's why you're here today. Right? You're here today because for some reason you believe something. And so why are you here? You believe... Ma'am? Okay, so I'm here because I believe in God. Why else are, did you gather here today? So we believe in worship, so we gather for worship. Anybody believe it's Sunday, and when it's Sunday I'm supposed to be in church, so wherever I am I'm just supposed to go to the church on Sunday? All right? Sometimes that's what drives our, our movement in life. It's what we believe. Lots of people aren't here today. You know why? Because they believe something different. Okay? So everybody who has the mind to think lives their life by a set of beliefs. And often these things are shifting or changing or evolving or growing. So for some people it's about get everything out of life that you can because when you die you're done. Right? So live life to the fullest. If you've got to hurt somebody to get something for yourself, it's okay. Um, it's survival of the fittest, baby. So everything's fair game. For others, it's about following good principles and trying to live your life as a good person. I talked to a young man yesterday talking about religion. And he was asking me questions. What's the difference between a priest and a pastor? And so we were trying to tackle that. And he said, well, I believe in God and I believe that um, what God wants from all of us is just to really be good people. He said, I'm not very religious, but I think I, wanna, I can please God by just being a good person. And so I'm praying that that conversation furthers, right? That's his belief, and that's how he lives his life based on that belief. So all we're trying to say initially, everybody has something that they believe in, and it governs how they live. And so here, what the author is saying is, our belief, our faith, is what's supposed to drive us. But before it can ever drive us, we've got to believe it. Okay, so how many of us believe that it's good to eat healthy? Okay, do we really believe that? No, okay. All right, so we all have this tendency, and we'll prove it here in just a few minutes when we loosen our belts. I mean, we got our stretchy pants on today because it's potluck Sunday. It's homecoming. We're going to eat, right? And usually I may have a bite or two of a dessert, and today I'll probably have a plate of dessert, okay, because I can, <laughs> Is it good for me? Probably not. So sometimes we say we believe something, but then how we live it's totally different. Okay? And so we can flesh that out in all sorts of ways. But here we're saying, if I'm going to live my life by faith, then there has to be faith in me. And so what is that faith? What does it really look like? And let's go back to the text to identify it. Here in verse 3 it says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command 
so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Who was around when everything was made? No one, all right? It's just me, myself, and I, and his name's God, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They were present. They created everything, but not another soul was there at that time. And so we understand, or we get to know who God is by faith in him. And so initially, faith works in our mind, right? It's an understanding. It's an intellectual thing. And so here he says, by faith we understand. Before we'll ever get to by faith we do something, we've got to be in the position of by faith we understand some things. And so here it's, I understand that the universe was formed. Really, I'm understanding that there is a God and I can see beyond what is visible to understand he made things out of the invisible or what did not exist. And so as we believe in him, as we pursue him, we're going to see this is what it looks like to have faith. Let's go ahead and read that verse. Verse 6 says, And without faith it's impossible to please God. And here's kind of the criteria of faith. Because anyone who comes to him must what first? Alright, so we must believe that he exists. That's one. And then number two, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Okay, so there are people who believe there's a God, but they don't pursue him. And so faith here is an understanding that there is a God, and in that understanding, I am a pursuer of that God. That's faith. And apart from that, the writer here says it is, what is it? It's impossible to please God. Not just that I believe He exists, but that that same faith earnestly pursues. It's, it's compelled to do something. Because I understand who God is, it's compelled to do something. So initially here, we've got to start here because it's important. I was reminded, I've, I've just finished uh, the book of Hebrews in my own personal devotion. The end of Hebrews talks about um, love those that God has placed over you. Uh, because they are, they're the overseers of your souls. They're there to give, they'll give an account for how they try to nurture and love and, and train up. And so for me, I feel that way. I feel, have that desire. I want to see you understand why you believe what you believe and be able to share that in a way that makes sense with somebody. I think one of the, the worst things we could do today is walk out of here with a blind faith. I don't really have understanding, but I just believe there's a God. Okay, I can't explain it, but I just believe there's a God. That's kind of a blind faith. It just means I'm taking my chances. It's kind of like you're down at the boat and you've put your money in and you've pulled the arm on the machine. I'm assuming that's how it works. <laughs> and you're hoping to hit the jackpot. I'm hoping there's a God. And if he's there, I'm hoping that I've done all the good things to get me in. Okay? No. That's a blind faith. And so we want to have understanding. Verse 3 said, by faith we understand in the one that we believe. And we're earnestly seeking and pursuing him. So a faith to live by initially is a faith to believe in. And that's going to lead us to number two. And so let's go ahead and head that direction. A faith to live by, it starts in the mind, but it's going to progress there. It's going to compel us. It's a faith to be compelled with. It's a faith to be driven by. It's kind of like what wakes me up. And so my belief system about life is what gives me breath or what makes me wake up with intent and purpose. So there's a belief. I have understanding. There's a belief. I'm going to pursue God. That's called faith. Earnestly seek and believe that He exists. But now it's going to be followed by a life that demonstrates. And all throughout this chapter, 
We're not going to read the whole chapter, but in chapter 11, you'll see it over and over again. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, right? These are just people. And so they're in the Bible, and sometimes we think since their name's in the Bible, they're like this super followers of God. They all had issues. They all have sin in their past. Okay, they've all got guilt on their hands. They're just like you and I. But by faith, they did something. You know, Paul writes about this often, and to me it kind of makes sense of this when he writes this to the Thessalonian church. And so here's what he says in verse 3. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 3, he says, We remember before our God and Father your work produced by what? Your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And so here we see that faith works, right? Faith fleshes itself out and works. One of those ways is that it loves people. And so here it says, my labor, my work is prompted by my love. And the reason I love is because I have what? Because I have faith. And so since I have faith in God, since I'm pursuing Him, I know His love for me, I'm loving Him. My faith produces works. My faith produces a labor of love. My faith is going to produce endurance, so I'm going to press on. I'm going to continue, just like Paul wrote right here to these Thessalonian believers. And so it's a charge to not just have an understanding. It's a charge to live your life based on that understanding. Okay? We've all said that's kind of hard. Eat well. Ooh. But that's really good. We could talk about exercising. Oh, I'm just so tired. I can't do that anymore. Read the Word of God. I just can't make sense of it. That's your job. That's why we pay you. You tell us what it says. No. Read. Right? And so sometimes we can say, I believe something and not live it out. So point two is simply about putting some meat on the bones. Let's flesh this thing out. Paul also wrote to his young friend Timothy. And he said to Tim, he said, listen, I'm going to pass off the scene, but I want you to be aware of distorters of the truth. These false teachers, they're going to come and you've got to be able to stand against them. And he's going to tell us why here. And so let's go to 1 Timothy 1 verse 4. He says, when these distorters of truth come, these people that share things that are false, they promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work. And advancing God's work is what? It's by faith. And so what we see here is that where there's a faith where I believe in God and I earnestly seek Him, then I will live on mission. My mission is advancing God's work. That's faith. Okay? So think back over the last six days. What have you done? What have I done that is advancing God's work? I think if I asked most of us in this room, we would all say, I believe there's a God and I'm pursuing Him. Okay? Then over the last six days since last Sunday, what have we done that demonstrates this is life? This is life. The mission. Building the work. Advancing the cause. Which is by faith. And so here we just see that it's by faith. There's going to be a compelling to advance. And I'm going to put these in little word phrases. We're not going to go back and reread all these. But we read several of these in Hebrews 11. You can read this out later. Okay? So at first it was by faith we understand. And so it's I have this belief. And it's faith in my intellect. But now, since I have a faith that's there, it should compel my heart, earnestly seek Him, to go out and live my life. And so here's some ways that we see it demonstrated. Number one, we see that Abel brought. Okay? 
By faith, Abel brought. By faith, Enoch pleased. These are all verbs. These are all action words. By faith, Noah built. By faith, Abraham went. By faith, Sarah bore. By faith, Abraham offered and Joseph instructed. Moses' parents rejected and Moses declared. By faith, the Israelites passed through and the army of Jericho marched and Rahab welcomed. Okay? So these are all action words. These are all things, I believe there's a God, I'm earnestly seeking Him, and my life proves it. Because I went, or I bore, or I witnessed, or I offered, or I declared, or I welcomed. You, you fill it in. And the author of Hebrews says this, if I were to go on, it would take me just a massive amount of paper to write about the demonstrations of faith. He says, I haven't even touched all these other people who are followers of Jesus or followers of God. So the longest book in the Bible would have been written right here in Hebrews 11 if the author wouldn't have ceased. And so what's neat, this is their story of faith. They believed that God existed. They pursued Him earnestly. And the result was, by faith, they did something. Their faith compelled them to live their life in such a way, to do something. And so that's their story. What I'm asking us today is, what is our story of faith? If you believe God exists, are you earnestly or sincerely seeking Him? If so, okay, then your life will prove it. My life will prove it by what I'm doing because of my faith. Okay? So by faith isn't just I understand and I believe and I show up at a building. By faith it means I live my life in such a way. There are things that I am doing because I'm compelled by my faith. Not just by I believe. It's I believe and I therefore live. Okay? So a faith to live by initially is a faith to believe in. A faith to live by here is a faith to be compelled with. It's a faith that should drive us and what God is asking us to do in advancing His work. And then third here this morning, a faith to live by is a faith to die for. A faith to live by is a faith to die. It's a faith to die for. And so let me just ask you this question. Have you heard the expression before, I would just die for that? Or I'm just dying to get my hands on that. Right? So I don't know where you're at in this, but... Just this past week, there was a big announcement, worldwide announcement. Did you guys hear about it? This new piece of technology which will change your life forever. And you've got to get it because if you don't have it, you're out of date. Some of you are like, I don't care. Right? What is it? Okay, so there's this new iPhone 7 that's out. Ooh, I can tell you're all surprised now. And this Apple Watch that came out. And they say it will revolutionize the way you live. Matter of fact, what, what they'll say is, once you get this thing on your wrist, you'll wonder, how did I ever live without it? That's a pretty strong belief, isn't it? All right? So we may not believe it, but they certainly believe that. Uh, so for some people, they'll, they'll stand in lines because they've just got to have, I'm dying to have that. Right, so that's just an expression. I'm dying to have that. And what if that were literal? Right? I'm dying to have it. Here's your cell phone. Now you're dead. What's the point, right? Maybe for you it's not a phone. Maybe it's a car or it's a relationship or it's a new house or a smaller house or a different neighborhood or better health. Whatever it is, you fill in the blank. 
I'm dying to take this vacation. I'm dying to go to this ball game. I'm dying to do or have this. I think we say that a lot, but we just don't really understand what we're saying. That's just an expression, right? When I say to you, a faith to live by is a faith to die for, that is totally the opposite of just an expression. That is what was said earlier. It is what it is. It's a statement of reality. Okay? It's something to die for. Matter of fact, what I've heard is that people are dying to get into heaven. Haven't you heard that? Seems to be that's the only way it works unless your name is Enoch or Elijah. And I start with a C, so I guess only E's get translated. Right? It's definitely not me. And for most people, it doesn't work that way. So I'm not just saying a cliché since I love God and I'm pursuing Him, I'd die for Him. It's No, this is a life that understands that to die is gain. And so I'm going to live every day by faith, understanding that death is just my doorway. You know, here in the text, if you go on to read it, you'll see that Abraham and these that were mentioned up to verse 13, they didn't long for this earth. Right? They lived in tents is what the Bible says. They treated themselves as exiles and foreigners here because they longed for a better country. They longed for something that was bigger and better. They knew that God had something more in store than all this world had to offer. And so they were pursuing a heavenly one. And so a faith to live by is a faith to die for. I want you to look at this verse here. To me, this, this just floored me. I'm sure I've read this verse, I don't know, multiple times, but I'd never, it never caught my attention like it did here recently. All these people were still living by faith when they died. Isn't that awesome? I mean, what a great legacy. What a great testimony of faith. I'm just going to wake up because God's given me breath in my lungs. It's Sunday. I'm going to gather with my church family and we're going to worship the Lord. We're going to encourage one another. We're going to be refreshed and renewed in His Word. And I may just clock out of here. And that's okay. That's exactly what these people did. None of them woke up and said, oh, I don't feel well today. It might be my day to die. No. All these people were still what? Living by faith when they died. No excuses. All right? They weren't just cliched to death where they were going to do this little thing or this little thing. No, they were living by faith while they still had breath. And then one day, they died. So help me out. Did they quit when they got tired? Anybody tired? Anybody tired of your body not functioning like you want it to? I used to be able to do this, and since I can't do it anymore, sometimes we say, well, I'll just sit down and I'll pass the baton to the next generation, and you run for it, buddy. No. What we need to say is, either take my breath, or while I still have breath, then help me not to quit. Help me to live this day by what? Faith. If I'm dying, okay. All right? It's just a transfer. It's just a promotion. I'm just simply moving up. So they didn't tire out or quit as they grew older. They didn't offer their excuses why they couldn't do something anymore. They didn't lose their zeal or their passion for God. All right? They just, well, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm following God is what Abraham said. Sarah, said, Sarah, laughed, or, yes, Sarah laughed at God, didn't she? I'm going to have a child. You're nuts. But Sarah bore, okay? What do you mean flood the earth? That makes no sense to me. Build an ark, okay. 
I'll build an ark, but I don't understand what's going on. Right? Sometimes we don't get it. That's okay. By faith is what we're after. It's a faith to live for, and it's a faith to die for. While they were still living by faith, they died. To me, that's just, that's just awesome. I want to clarify something here, though. And there was part of this that really came alive to me here this week. When I think about something to die for, you ever work so hard you feel like you're killing yourself? Or like you're trying to figure something out so much, it's just like, I've got to, I've got to make sense of this. I've got to make this work. I've got, Corey, I've got to build this church. I've got to connect with people in such a way that their heart has changed and they attend here. I've got to do these sort of things. Now for me, I find myself struggling against praying for God to open a door and when He opens that door, it's kind of like, and I'll take it from here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for just swinging the door open and now I've got it. You know, I'm here, I'm on the scene, you've gifted me. And it's like I just can walk away from God as though I can do this or I'm supposed to do this. And that always ends in failure. You know, I had a conversation, a 10-minute conversation this week with one of our administrators at school about basketball. And just his heart in that just like totally refreshed me. Because we're talking about trying to raise money. We're, you know, he's talking about using sports as an avenue to reach people, other students that don't attend this school with the gospel. I'm like, well, I'm thinking what kind of number should we get and what size jersey and how many games should we have? And he's thinking about life change. You know, he's thinking about we have a need. Just ask our father, right? I mean, that's how it's supposed to work. He said he would supply, so have faith and so I went home and just kind of was like trying to, you know, you ever have that restlessness in you? It's kind of like, why am I frustrated? Why can't I figure this out? Well, what I figured out was Corey's trying to take it from here. God, I prayed for you to open a door and to lead my life or to shut a door, and this is how you've led my life. Thank you. Now I'll take it from here. It's like you can't take it from here. Right? The same faith that brought you to this open door is the same faith that's got to lead you through it. You know, last week we said talking about God being a way maker, the God who leads you in is the God who will lead you out. All right, well today we're going to say it this way, the God who leads us to it is the God who should lead us and will lead us through it. Okay, so on one end you got light at the beginning of the tunnel and light at the end. On this one it's He's helping me all the way through. So when I say a faith to live by is a faith to die for, I don't mean go figure out something to do for God. I mean believe that God exists and earnestly pursue Him. You know, check yourself. Is he the supreme love of my life? You remember one of the churches there, it may have been the church of Laodicea there in Revelation. He commended them for all sorts of wonderful things they were doing. He says, your problem is this, you've lost your reason. You've lost your drive. You've lost your love. And so what was supposed to compel that is gone. And now you're just trying to figure things out. It's kind of like you just took the baton from me like you could run with my godness and make something happen. See, a faith to die for doesn't mean die of exhaustion trying to figure it out. Die of stress trying to make something happen. No, it means die walking, living each day by faith. And all these people were still living by faith when they died. I want you to think about it for a minute. You've probably got some people in your life and maybe you've been one of these. 
how many people who would say that they were followers of God are no longer following God? They kind of burned out. You know anybody like that? Is that part of your story? I pursued the Lord for a while and I just kind of, kind of burned out. Now, sometimes I think we burn out because we're trying to take the God baton when He's not ever offered it. How many churches have closed just trying to play the role of God? How many pastors have quit? You know, we have more and more churches day after day that are pastorless simply because guys are quitting. They're growing weary and they're quitting. Why is that? Well, there may be a multitude of reasons, but I think one of them is sometimes we try to play God. You feel the pressure like you have to perform and you've got to make something happen and like maybe people will judge you based on that. And since it's not happening, I can't get it done, then I'm out. Some people are that way. How many marriages have ended? You know, we started at an altar and we said, God, I thank you for this person that you brought into my life. And then we've left God out of it. We wonder why there's strife and there's fighting and there's, I hate you and I don't want you in my life anymore and let's just end this thing. I'm not saying that's always the reason. But I just wonder where is God in this mix? You think about relationships with a child. God, I thank you for this child that you've blessed me with. And yet we leave God out of the equation. And I've got plans for this child. I'm going to send you to this school and you're going to get this kind of education and you're going to play these sports. Right? And I'm going to put you in all sorts of summer camps and I'm going to drive your little tail all over the country and I'm going to spend all kinds of money on you making you some great little player who chances are will never make any money at this. And then when they're 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, wonder why they don't love God. I think sometimes because we said, God, thank you for this gift. And now I'll take the baton and I'll run and do this thing my way. And you could fill in the blanks. All sorts of relationships have ended simply because we've strained, we've exhausted ourselves. We might even say it's by faith. We've tried to play the God card ourselves. So I just want to remind you, God has never passed the baton, right? And Jesus said, I'll build my church. And that's the last thing he said about it. Which to me means he's building it. He's getting it done. And so he doesn't necessarily need our help to make that happen. He's going to build his church. We do have a role to play, but he'll do that through us. Uh, he's not asking us to do that by ourselves. And so it's about living by faith, not about just dying stressed or dying exhausted. See, a faith that's worth living for really is a faith worth dying for. If there really is a God, we believe He exists, and there's life beyond life here, that's worth living for, isn't it? I mean, today is kind of a day of homecoming, and maybe some people will filter in for lunch, but maybe they won't, but really what this should point us to is our homecoming, you know, where we will one day be welcomed home. So this is just temporary. We're foreigners just like Abraham was. We're exiles just like the Israelites were. This isn't our homeland. We're not citizens here. Not first, not most importantly. And so to have a faith that's worth living for is to have a faith that's worth dying for. I don't remember who sang it, but I remember what it said. The best is yet to come. For me, I believe the best really is yet to come. 
And I don't mean that just here. I mean that forever. So a faith to live by, it really is a faith that's worth dying for. So in this whole equation, I just wonder where do you find yourself? You know, a faith to live by, we said initially, is a faith to believe in. Do you have belief? Do you believe that God exists? And then are you earnestly seeking Him? I mean, would that, would that characterize your quiet time with God? I am passionate after God. And maybe I'm not the man or woman that I want to be yet. Maybe my zeal is not there yet. But that's what I'm praying for. Do we have a belief? Do we have an understanding? We also said this faith compels us to live a certain way. And so how do you answer that question? By faith, what? What's the adjective for you? By faith, he went. By faith, he started a business. By faith, they opened their doors in hospitality. You know, by faith, they fostered. By faith, you fill in the blank. What's it look like lived out from you? By faith, this is what I'm doing. Because all of us are still living by faith until they died. And so I hope that's true for you. I hope that's true for us this morning.